Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky, or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command the stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I am your host, Julian Hayes II, and my guest here today does not really need an introduction. He is the man, the myth, the legend. I think his birth certificate says that he's supposed to be in his 60s, but he looks like he's in his 20s. So I'm joined by... (laughs) I am joined by none other than Tony Horton. How's it going, man? Well, 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 young man, I'm doing all right (laughs) for a 62-year-old born in 1958 just after WW2, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just trying to walk the walk and talk the talk, and uh, we'll walk and talk about all that stuff here today. I love it. I love it. All right. So before we talk about the present day, I want to go back into young Tony. So what are one to two lessons from your childhood growing up that has shaped you into who you are today? Oh, look at you right out of the box. You're trying to stump me, dude. Um, <laughs> You know, my early story was problematic. I moved a lot as a kid. You know what I mean? I had a speech impediment. I was a bad student. I was a terrible athlete. Uh, you know, I mean, I didn't, I, my, you know, there was alcoholism in the family. I mean, you know, America, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I wasn't aware of as a kid was I took everything very personally, right? I, I was, uh, I was devastated by by any sort of a miscue in life or any kind of conflict in my life. And, you know, I mean, if I was to, if I was to talk to my younger self, I would say, Hey man, this is, this is how it's going to go. See if you can let it just kind of roll off your, your back and, and, and move on to the next thing. And don't, don't be so devastated by every little, every little, you know, hiccup. Um, you know, so as a result of somebody who was struggling a lot, taking everything really personally, you know, I would say, you know, don't be so attached to the outcome, man. Just enjoy mm-hmm. the journey. All right. See if you can be in the moment. The past, you know, that's water under the bridge. The, f- the future is a mystery. So see what you can do to be a good, a good kid now. See what you can do to sort of, you know what I mean, uh, work on being your best self right here, right now, regardless of the circumstances around you. You know, uh, I, I, that's the kind of thing that I wish I could tell my young self back in the day. And those are practice. Those are things that I practice now. You know what I mean? Uh, and that, a lot of that came from, you know, a lot of personal development, just living life, you know, having some experiences, saying yes more often than no. I was a master of no. You know, I was always afraid that if I said yes to unfamiliar things, it would be, it would be a, you know, a bad scenario. And quite often it was. That's the reason why I said no so often. You know what I mean? Like, no, nope, I haven't had too many really great experiences yet, so I'm bailing on this one. You know what I mean? But now I like to get, you know, neck deep in stuff where I stink. You know what I mean? And I really love the fact that I, you know, I'm not good at it. And I tell people out of the box, hey, I'm not this kind of athlete. I'm not that kind of athlete. You know what I mean? But I'm here hanging out with you doing something really new for me. And that's why, you know, I ended up in an F-15C, you know, flying around doing the speed of sound and jumping out of a, out of a Chinook with the Golden Knights or why I heli ski now and why I do a lot of different things, you know? Um, yeah. Just getting strong and not being so scared and, and, uh, uh, and experiencing life, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Hope that answered that question. Yeah, no, I, I took a, it's, you took a lot out of that. It's don't take things personally, which is one of the best books is the four agreements. Bingo. Yeah. 
I can find that for you. Like, probably, <laughs> man, uh, I know it's back there. It's back there. It's back there. It's back there somewhere. The four agreements. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. Right. And if you say yes. it too fast, it sounds like Dom DeLuise and people go, Dom DeLuise wrote the yeah. book. <laughs> and yeah. And, 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 so, and so the other thing on that is that I'm curious about is that, you know, as an entrepreneur with a lot of responsibilities, how do you balance between saying yes and no? How do you balance that? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, as a guy who has close to 24 failed businesses, <laughs> I'm still learning that lesson, man. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what it is? I think a lot of it has to do with, with really sussing out the people you're going to bed with, you know what I mean, on these different projects. And quite often what I would do is, hello, somebody's going to get that. It's the gate. It's, it's reality. Hello. Welcome to Virtual Conversations with Julian. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, I had I had certain people that were working for me and I was allowing them to kind of, you know, make a lot of these decisions and I wasn't eyeballing things as much as I should be. So, uh, oh, I, I like it. I like it. This is 2020. This is how we roll in 2020. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised the phone. I'm back in my hometown with helping my folks. And so I'm surprised the phone hasn't rung yet. So I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's my front gate. So, you know, our, our assistant's been furloughed four months ago. So there's no such person here to really get that other than me. And I thought right now is not a good time. So I'm just, you know, if it's a FedEx package, I'll get it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that answers your question. I hope on that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and also when you mentioned it about uh, growing up and, you, and having those, what some people will call difficulties. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm thinking now that a lot of us in some form or way has been affected with the quarantine, the lockdown, whether it's with your business, your relationships, your health, we've all been punched right now. And recently, I, I don't remember exactly in my head, but you were diagnosed with Ramsey Hunt syndrome and that pretty much knocked you on the ground. So can, can you first explain what that is and kind of the process that you went about practically rebuilding yourself? Yeah, back in October of 2017, I got Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And for those of you who don't know what that is, and most people don't, um, it's shingles in your ear. And so, you know, there's the fifth, sixth, seventh facial nerves. And when you get shingles in your ear, you get shingles in your brain. And that's where those nerves are. And they affect your balance and they affect your sense of smell and taste. And the tinnitus in your ear is like a 12, 24, 7. So as a result of, you know, having balance issues, you're nauseous all the time. So, um, and you're, you know, you're, it, it really like I had, I, as a result of that, I ended up with Epstein bar, which, you know, so I'm exhausted, I'm nauseous, I'm vomiting. I can't eat food. I, I lost 25 pounds. I couldn't drive, couldn't eat, couldn't leave the house. I mean, light would affect me. Dark would affect me. I'm, you know, I mean, I, I was best off in a supine position with my eyes closed for as many hours in, uh, of the day and night as I could. And so, you know, when, when you can't physically do anything and you can't really consume food, you know, you're in a very miserable state. And that lasted for months and months and months. And, um, and it took a long while, about three or four months to start to slowly come out of it. You know, unlike when you break a bone or when you get the flu or something like that, like, you know, or when you get a, a, a laceration, there's a very specific time frame where you have to do X, Y, and Z to recover from that. And then, you know, you're kind of back in the game you know, after whatever, six weeks, seven weeks, 12 weeks, three months or something. And this just sort of the, the time frame in which this took to kind of improve is still happening. I mean, October, 2017, here we are, you know, July of, of, of 2020, I still have bouts with something called bilateral vestibular hypofunction, which is a form of vertigo sort of, but, but it's more like a shaking that happens as opposed to a circular dizziness. And sometimes I get both, which is awesome. Right. And so the only way I could really come back is to just do the things I knew that were helping me initially when I was a skinny kid who was scared to death all the time. And that was the, you know, you know, as soon as I could get some food down, how nutritious was it? What kind of micros do I need to take? So that'll help my, you know, just help the quality of my life, bring inflammation down, you know, because this is all about inflammation. Right. I mean, most of our problems are based on inflammation somewhere. And so, you know, then I hooked up with, with, with uh, this company that helped me design this, Power Life, which is my supplement line. We'll get into that later. But, you know, I just needed the right foods. I needed to get going again. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who can crank out 30 pull-ups and, and, and 65 push-ups. And to get on the deck and barely do 20 push-ups and barely do eight pull-ups, that was a, a big shift for me. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, but what, a lot of great lessons there, you know, because all this is, is all, it's all related to stress. You know, and if you ever had chicken pox as a kid, then you've got that virus in your body sitting somewhere for you to get angry. And it all it all happened when, during that Las Vegas shooting on day one 
I was just, you know, I mean, there's so many shootings now, you become numb to this insanity, right? But that thing, because I knew people that were there. I mean, mm -hmm. one of my dear friends was sitting there talking to a guy and he caught one right in the chest and was bang, just like that. And then the next day, Tom Petty died. Tom Petty was my first celebrity client. I've been training Tom for 30 years. I knew him really well. He was a friend. I went on tour with him. I knew his family. I knew his kids. You know what I mean? And then he passed away for all the wrong reasons. And so I don't know, man. And, and I was going through some uh, contractual stuff with Beachbody at that time, really like frustrating. Like, are you guys kidding me? After all these years, I'm dealing with this kind of stuff. You know, so that combination, that triple whammy knocked me on my butt. And, um, and then all of a sudden I had a headache and then I had shingles and then I was in bed. <laughs> and then here it is, I don't know, almost three years later and uh, still dealing with it. But physically, mentally, and emotionally, I'm in a, I'm in a really good place. You know, I have, so, I have more ups and downs than I used to as a result of, of the vestibular stuff. But I do more meditation now. I do more mindfulness practices. I hang out with my dog. I sit by the pool and stare at the water. You know what I mean? I, I bird watch. I mean, I do all kinds of things now that I, I never used to do to kind of help deal with it. I meditate two or three times every day. And I'm not talking sitting there in lotus, you know, me in a dark room with a candle for an hour and a half. You know, I'm just talking 10 minutes. I'm talking 20 breaths, 50, 50 breaths, whatever it is. You know, it's, you know and it's, uh, in a way, it was a great lesson and I'm a better man for it. Yeah. And I like that perspective. And, and so it's, it seems like the biggest takeaway out of that is that it almost like you had to slow down some. Mm -hmm. It forced you to slow down. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Slow down more often, you know, and, 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 and begin to investigate what kind of, you know, what's my recovery time? Am I recovering enough? Am I warming up enough? Am I, you know, what, you know, when I developed uh, these workouts for Gaim called the next level, you know, I wanted to get back to basics because that's what would always work for me. I wanted to have, you know, I wanted to have 45 minute to an hour long workouts. I wanted to have long warm ups and long cool downs. You know what I mean? Things that I had learned to do that I got away from, you know, toward the end when I was with Beachbody. And um, uh, so, so yeah, just kind of getting back into the, into the world that really helped me and adding, you know, a myriad of new practices that I hadn't had before in my life. Things I hadn't learned, things I knew about, but I wasn't practicing, you know, so so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a hard journey, but it was a valuable one for me, for sure. Yeah, let's dive into kind of your nutritional regimen and also like your workout regimen now. And so mm -hmm. I assume when you were initially building back up and even though even currently right now, that nutrition is even more of a focus for you because, you know, the margin of error is so smaller now. Mm. So, so, yeah, so let's, let's dive into kind of like your philosophies on nutrition and everything. Well, I'll start with food first and I'll go into fitness. But, you know, so now I'm an every, everything healthy-itarian, you know, because I just, I've tried the paleo, the keto, and the vegetarian, and the, and, the, and the vegan, and the Mediterranean, and the 30, 27, you know what I mean? And none of that works for me because I always, I always felt like there was too many restrictions, you know what I mean? And whenever I, when I, anybody, when they get involved in any diet of any kind, and you start feeling deprived, right? Then there's that battle between what you think is the right thing to do and the thing that you want to do on occasion, but then you think that's going to be wrong. So then you're, you're sort of miserable. You're eating foods that like, you know, maybe they taste good, maybe they don't, but you, you're, you know, whatever. When you feel deprived at some point, then you start cheating and you start cheating more and then you fall off the diet and you're back where you were before or you're worse off. You've gained more weight. You know what I mean? And so that cycle is a pain in the, in the butt, man. So you know what I mean? And so when I, before I got sick, I was pure vegan. You know what I mean? And veganism is awesome, but I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. I don't go out <laughs> to restaurants very often. So I'm scrambling all the time to try to make sure that I'm getting the right nutrients into my body. And, you know, I mean, I, and, and I, and still to this day, I don't drink enough water. You know what I mean? I have to have an alarm on my phone to remind me to drink, you know, six to eight ounces of water every couple hours. There you go, star man. Star man, future. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I got a cool, I got two, two coolers in the house so I can get easy access to really fresh, great water. And so, you know, I was malnourished, man. You know what I mean? So I'm stressed out. I'm dealing with contract stuff. A friend of mine dies. He's shooting in Vegas. I mean, it was a perfect storm for why I got sick. You know what I mean? So now I took all the pressure off and I eat vegan. I eat vegetarian. I eat paleo. I eat keto. I just looked out at my plate and I hope my great, great, great grandparents recognize what the hell it is. And it's not Doritos and a Red Bull. You know what I'm saying? So I get away from a lot of unhealthy foods that come from boxes, cans, bottles, and bags. There's a lot of healthy things that come from bottles, cans, boxes, and bags. But the ones that are like, you know, I don't need these chips. I don't need this soda pop. You know what I mean? I've been doing that really for years, but I cut most of that out completely. Then I had tons of blood work done. 
All right. Beyond the regular stuff to, you know, let you know whether you're, you know, you're healthy or not. This is, this is, these are things that kind of, you know, it was a process to check markers on certain types of foods that were causing inflammation. And for me, it was wheat, soy, corn, and dairy. Like that had to go. You know what I mean? And other people can have soy. Like, you know, I had this soy debate forever. Nothing wrong with soy. I mean, if you're getting on <laughs> yeah, fine, dude. If you're healthy and fine, you feel strong and you sleep great and you have no inflammation and no pain in your joints, eat all the soy you want. But for me, no moss. Corn, no moss. Wheat, aka, you know, slash gluten. I mean, I dude, you know how much I love pizza? I could eat pizza every meal of the day. Fold that thing and shove it down. Are you kidding me? Nah. So I eat gluten-free pizza that tastes a little like cardboard and I put some vegetables on it, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? I don't mind sacrificing certain food groups so that I can feel awesome and healthy and keep my inflammation down so I can push hard in my workouts and sleep great at night and, and not have the kind of the mood swings that I was having before. You know what I mean? So, and for a while, no spinach, no tomatoes, no almonds, no cashews, no sesame seeds, no black walnuts, like the weirdest group of foods. And then I started to sprinkle those things back in and I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I don't, you know, I'm still a little bit paranoid. I don't eat that much spinach. I don't eat that many tomatoes because I found a whole myriad of other foods that were filled with, you know, all the nutrients that I needed, all the fiber I needed, all the protein, all the, you know, the basics. Um, and then, you know, people go, Oh my God, well, what do you eat? I go, dude, you don't, you don't understand how many different kinds of foods there are out there when you make a dietary change. So it's awesome to sit down at a meal and go, Oh, here's a vegan one. Here's a vegetarian one. Here's a keto one. You know what I mean? And it, it takes the pressure off my wife. Cause we have a lot more variety. She loves to cook and I know where to go. I know where to go to restaurants. I mean, I've done it too many lately. Right. And I just pick the thing that I want and I go, Hey, you know, can you substitute this for that? Yeah, sure. And then I give the waiter a good tip and everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Simple, easy peasy. I, I've never had more variety in my life. I've never been healthier and stronger in my life. That's a 62-year-old bicycle. Look at the guns. Look at that thing. You got 20-year-olds will be jealous of that. Yeah, hello, hello. But, you know, um, and then when it comes to the, to the fitness, man, I mean, I work out five, six days a week, and I've been doing that for 35 years, you know. I, when I do, if I work out four days a week, something's wrong, you know what I mean? Because here's the, you know, and I've said this in a thousand interviews and maybe there's about four people who are listening in who haven't heard this, but exercise is more than the physical, man. It's the mental and the emotional as much or more so than the physical. Too many people are exercising for all the wrong reasons. And young single people who exercise, I know why, You're, one of the reasons why is because you want to <laughs> look good. You want to look good, you want to look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's me. And you want the, the women or the men in your life to go, ho, ho. But then again, you better formulate a personality while you're at it. You know what I mean? You better have a decent income or a job or a purpose in your life because your six pack and your great looking booty ain't going to last very long because there are other aspects of who you are as a human being that are probably, I don't know, 500 times more important than that, right? So the, the aesthetic stuff, the things that are all about your ego, that's a, a beautiful after effect based on a purpose, which is really the quality of who you are and health and wellness, right? It's about health and wellness. So you know, when you exercise, you release norepinephrine, dopamine, ser serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, you know, these, um, um, uh, these cabinoids, they're like, a, like the same stuff you get if you smoke pot. You, those are already inside of you, man. I mean, you know how you feel after a yoga class or after your run today. You know, you're a different guy after your run than you were before your run. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel great. That's a, that's <laughs> a, and that affects, because you don't look different. You don't look different after your run than you did before your run. You look the same, but what's going on up here and what's going on in, in here in, in that mental and emotional place, that's where the dramatic change comes. And you get that from one workout, one time. But if you only work out three times a week, that means four times a week, you're not getting those chemicals. And so you're going to end up with this sort of emotional, all, like, why am I so moody now? Because you're releasing these chemicals and then you're not, and then you are, and then you're not, right? And they, they'll, they'll hang out in your body. Uh oh, I think I'm frozen on my screen. Hopefully you can still see me. There oh, no, you're good. I'm good. So, you know, I, I make a joke about it. I say, well, you're going to end up with exercise bipolar disorder. You know, <laughs> it's not that different than people who get really high and then, you know, they have to go to work for a couple of days and they can't figure out why they're, you know, feel so crappy. You know what I mean? And then they end up getting high all the time just to sort of sustain that, right? To, to keep the dopamine flowing inside of the brain. Well, why not use a source inside of yourself? Like, why not use you? Like people who get up and drink two buckets of coffee just to get going in the morning. How about you do a couple of yoga sun salutations at the end of your bed in your underwear? I mean, you know what I mean? You're going to use your blood. You're going to use that oxygen. It's going to go out throughout your entire body. And you're going to do something that's physically, mentally, and emotionally good for you as opposed to sitting there and just throwing back to Java. You know what I mean? Not to say that coffee is bad. I mean, you can do both. But, you know, I mean, so too many people are relying on sources outside of themselves to feel good and to improve things. When in reality, you know, short-term pleasures lead to, lead to long-term problems. 
and a little little a little time and effort and energy into some fitness and eating right leads to a lifetime of awesome. So you know what I mean? You know, different choices, different outcomes. What do you think is one of the biggest struggles with people when it comes to their nutrition that isn't really talked about a lot? Oh, well, with nutrition. Now, if you ask me that with about fitness, that'd be easy. But I think it's, I, I, I'll start by saying discipline, man. This discipline and knowing what certain foods do and how they can destroy you, how, can they, how they cause hypertension and high blood pressure and heart problems and cancers in the whole nine yards. Like if you had a, a five-page five document that said these foods are killing you and these foods are improving the quality of your life, you have to decide. And so, you know, and I've tried to do that a thousand times at seminars and in my book and everything else, right? But, but some people just like, oh, you know what I mean? I get these, I get these questions from people all the time. Hey man, my best friend, my mom, my sister, my brother, my father, my uncle, I finally figured this out after umpteen years, but I can't get my dad or I can't get my mom or I can't get my sister mm. to change. I said, good luck with that. Because the worst kind of advice to give is the kind that's never been asked for in the first place. And what happens is your greatest intentions are received with, with resentment. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> I got an opposite result based on my on trying to be nice. It's just the way it goes. I mean, you have to figure this stuff out for yourself. And sometimes people are, at the, are on the brink, right, where they have a heart attack or their doctor says, you've got two years to live if you don't turn this around. You know what I mean? Some people need a full-on punch in the face, right, before they go, uh-oh. And even people like that, you won't make a change. You know what I mean? And, and not having enough information, not having the, the right kind of dietary plan that works for you. You get caught up in some fat or something that everybody else is doing, but you're not really supposed to be vegan. You're supposed to be keto or you're supposed to, you know, vegetarian isn't your thing, but you don't know that, but you're doing it and it's not working for you and you should be doing some other thing. It's hard for people to transition. It's hard for people to go, oh, that's not working for me anymore, so I should change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what was Einstein's thing? Doing the same things over and over again, expecting a different result. Duh. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's a unit. Like how many universal truths are air, shelter, food, and that, you know what I mean? Doing the same silly crap. Like, you know, I can't, you know, and whether it's, whether it's all kinds of different beliefs and all kinds of categories of our lives, you know, people suffer and suffer and suffer because they're stuck believing the same crap their grandparents did. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Whatever it is, or doing the same stuff they did in high school. You're not in high school anymore. You know what I mean? Your metabolism has changed. You know, you don't work out as much. You're eating, you know, too much crap out of boxes, bags, bottles, and cans. You know what I mean? Like, so you've got, it's, it's about education. You know what I mean? Learning and then finding, you know, experimenting with different variations and hanging out with your tribe, man. If your tribe was super fit rock climbers who ate like granola all day, you know what I mean? And were shredded. Those, that were, those were your people and that's what you did. And right. That's who you'd be. But if you got all this chaff over here of people who are just miserable and finger pointing and whatever, and all, you know, I don't like this kind of people. You know what I mean? Like you got to get those people out of your life and you got to get some really upbeat, fired up folks who are living large, who are, you know, Oh, I got the food thing down. I got the exercise thing down. Like if you had 10 people like that in your life, mm -hmm. like, Oh, I want to, I want to gravitate to that. But if you don't have anything to gravitate to, if they're not around, then you got to go online, man, and find them because they might not be in your house. They might not be in your school. They might not be at work. They might not be in your neighborhood. And that's really hard. You know what I mean? So, you know, you are the five people you hang around the most. And if the five people you hang around the most are eating crap all the time, ugh, good luck. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's Tom again eating his veggie burger. What a, <laughs> what a loser. Why, what, who do you think you are? You think you're special? Like, you know how much noise is in people's lives purely based on what they put in their mouth? I show up to Thanksgiving dinner. All I do is show up and I ruin it. Oh, I was a fitness trainer. I suppose we can't have, you know, cranberry sauce. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here. Eat all the I mean, you know, you look pasty, you're fat as hell, and you can't get up a set of stairs. But you go ahead and eat it. Go. I'm I'm not gonna say a word. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh so. Yeah, no, man. It's uh, you know, peer pressure is big. And I also think, you know, it, as a whole, we live in a society that is more reactive than proactive. So oftentimes totally. Before we take action, we we need something. We need something to happen to us. Right. We need that. We need that that kick in the gut and everything, you know. Yeah. And so, um, I think, 
I don't forgot where I saw it, but I think you said aging is for idiots. Is that? I might have said that. I might have said that. I might have had shirts that say that on the front. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into that. Let's get into active aging and and why is aging for idiots? I I, I thought because I had, I'm 34 right now and, um, you brilliant. You look marvelous. Let me tell you, you look fantastic. (laughs) 24. I tell you, you're doing everything right. my friend. And so I, um, me, I am mostly smoke mirrors and good lighting. I gotta <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we gotta do what we gotta do. We got uh, I got, I got good lighting. I got natural lighting out here, so that's yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's yeah, helping yeah, also. Yeah, you got a little light on the side. Yeah. The, yeah, that's perfect. Way to go. You know what you're doing. So, but yeah, no. I, I, I have friends who are in the, it, you know, around my same age, and they're already talking about, yeah, it's you know, the, my best athletic days are behind me. I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? So, what what is up with aging? What what's up with aging? Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's different kinds of aging. There's biological aging and there's numerical aging, and all of us are going to age numerically. But biologically, you know, you you can change your genetics in your lifetime purely based on, you know, your environment and your behavior. All right. There's genetics. I can't do any. I can do something about that. Jack Elaine's father died in his fifties. He lived to be ninety six. So genetically, theoretically, he should have died much younger. But he just behaved different. He had a different mm-hmm. environment. And so, you know, who I am as a 62-year-old is, is, is the antithesis of what my father and mother were like at my age. They were playing golf and they were playing tennis, you know what I mean? But, you know, they, they weren't physically fit. They weren't, you know, they weren't uh, working out six days a week. They weren't eating really healthy food. You know what I mean? They weren't, there was no such thing as mindfulness practice. It was only stressful practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I wrote, I, I made those shirts and I have that saying because it's an irreverent thing to say. Right. And it really pisses off a lot of people like aging is fridge. You don't understand. I have this and that. Right. So, you know, they're being reactive, not proactive. And so usually people who understand what I'm saying there is and it doesn't look as good on a T-shirt. Aging is for people who aren't willing to put in the time and the effort to, to, to slow it down or improve the way it's going to go or whatever kind of combination of words you want to put there. It's just, OK, I don't like where I am. I see what's happened to my parents. I see what's happened to people my age. I see what they're doing and they're all doing the same thing. And that is this, you know, they're just eating whatever, they're not moving at all, and they're stressed out, okay? And they're getting terrible sleep, and they're dehydrated, and whatever it is. Like, this is how America is. And then there's a couple of gurus over here, some people who seem to be, like, breaking all the rules. There's no reason why they should look as good as they do and have as much energy as they have and be able to do physically what they can do. I wonder what they're doing. And am I that different? Am I, am I, do I have to fall into this pattern that everybody else is falling into that I know that's in my family and friends, coworkers and everything else? I don't think I have to. I'm going to be curious now. And I'm going to begin to sort of learn about what these folks over here are doing. And I might begin to maybe actually practice that. All right. So, oh, wow. Okay. They're not, no soda pop. Oh, okay. No double cheese chimichangas. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get up and have, you know, 14 eggs in the morning and, uh, with hollandaise sauce. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, more vegetables. <clears throat> vegetables. Wow, I haven't had one of those since 1987. But okay, how do you make those taste good? Oh, 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 spices. Weird. Oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be steamed. It doesn't have to taste like a sponge. Interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, cauliflower. Let's turn that into rice. What? That's a, what? That's a thing? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just gathering information and then I'm trying stuff. Like, oh, that actually tastes good. That, that's healthy for me? I can eat that? Oh, okay. Oh, protein. Mm, let me think. Should I, you know, should I be an animal protein guy? You know, I'm going to try the vegan thing, the vegan plant-based stuff here for a while. Oh, I had no idea. This is really, oh, I can eat a lot of meals with just a spoon. I don't need a fork or a knife. Sign me up for that. You know, you know what I mean? I can put that in Tupperware and take it on an airplane or to work or anything else. It's not like I'm going to take a slices of steak to work. And No, you know what I mean? Like you just learn things and then you go, okay, hmm. Is it Pilates? Is it yoga? Is it martial arts? Is it parkour? Is it animal flow? Is it P90X? Is it CrossFit? I mean, like, you know, it's not like we don't have a thousand trillion options to exercise. I highly recommend all of mine because they work. Um, But, you know, find your thing, find your groove. Start with 10 minutes, go to 20. If you're in the mood, you got, hey, Tony's got this power half hour. I might do that. You know what I mean? Oh, P90X3, that's a half hour. You know what? I'm going to go for it, P90X. So you're you're constantly consuming new ideas from people who, are, you know, all you have to do is, that's why autobiographies are really popular. Here's a really amazing, incredible person that achieved so much in one lifetime. What did they do? I want to read about them. Like, wow, wow. I mean, these books, dude, 80% of personal development, all right, including the big picture. You know what I mean? I have the career I have right now because of this book. 
The Magic, Magic Lamp. Lamp. I haven't read that. Come on now. I, I'm going to have to get it. I'll read it. It's, you know, it basically, t- it, 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 it instructs you to where you're supposed to be. It helps you find your raison d'etre, as the French would say, your reason for being. Why are you here, you are here on earth? You know what I mean? So, um, uh, and so, you know, I, I learned from these. M. Scott Peck, you know, The Road Less Traveled, I mean, his whole mm-hmm. trilogy of books, really incredible stuff. You know what I mean? A lot of them are spiritual, a lot of them about relationships, a lot of them about finances, a lot of them about being, you know, a, a, a better human being. Like, you know, there's a whole lot of people after whatever age, they only hang out with this crew here, right? And these people like, oh, you know, wow, Muslims. <sighs> I got a thing about them. Oh, over here, black folks. Mm, they make me nervous because all my history, all, all my bullshit, right? And so what happens is your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you're hanging around with a bunch of assholes and you can't figure out why your life sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and once you learn, once you consume all this new information and you explore your world and you extend your tribe, man, I mean, I, my life has, is better, purely based, mostly based on the people that I've searched out who I want to hang out with. You know what I mean? And they're different than me. They're smarter than me. They're m- more diversified than I am. And I dive in, you know, I dive in the deep end man, based on that. And I learned, and I learned from that stuff. So that's why people struggle because they look through a pinhole their whole freaking life. Yeah. And so too bad. So you mentioned purpose and that's a, it's a word that's used often. How do you, when somebody, I'm sure people have come and say, Hey, Tony, I, I, I just don't have any purpose in life or meaning in life. What's kind of the first few steps you recommend for them? Write down what you love. What do you love? You got to love something. Mm-hmm. What do you love? What do you love? I mean, maybe you can't make a living at it right away. There's a classic story of this guy. who was an accountant, very good, worked at a big firm, more calls. Here we are. Um, you know what I mean? And he had a family and a kid, but man, he loved bicycles, mom bikes, street bikes, beach bike. I mean, he was just a bike guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, on the weekends, on Saturday and sometimes Sunday, where he was, he was at a local bike shop just hanging out, right? So, um, and his wife, you know, he provided, he was a great, great guy, great father, great, great husband. And his wife's like, yeah, man, go down there. I said, you want to hang down there? That's your thing on the weekend. Some guys play golf, right? You're down at the bike shop. And the manager said, hey, dude, you, you know more than half, you know, because people would come up to me and go, hey, do you work here? Because you seem to know a lot of stuff. He goes, well, I don't, but I can probably help you because they're busy over there. And so the, ma- the manager said, hey, do you want to work here like on Saturdays when it's real super busy? And he went to his wife and his wife said, you're over there anyway. Why, why, you might as well get paid. You know what I mean? And so he starts working Saturdays and he starts working Sundays. And then he starts, he becomes the manager of the place. And five years later, he owned it. You know what I mean? So my old acting coach would say, you know, when I was in acting class, because all we were all these young neophytes, right? We all wanted to be Brad Pitt and we all wanted to be whoever, right? We all wanted to be. I thought it was Brad Pitt and Jim Carrey all wrapped in one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can do dramatic. And I can do funny. I can do it all. Yeah, but I live in a two-bedroom apartment with a view of a convalescent home and I'm eating mac and cheese three days in a row. You know what I mean? I mean, talk about your hardest profession ever. But I was learning a lot. My acting coach would say, I know you all love acting, but you better find a second thing that you love as much because the likelihood of you making it is slim and none. I'm here to help you. And the, you know, I'm here to help you figure that out. But you know, let's look at the odds here. Let's be in the real world. So I had my little fitness thing going on, right? I was training Tom Petty and Billy Idol and Bruce Springsteen and, and Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics and, and Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, Allison Janney, you Sean Connery, submarines don't react well to Bush. Anyway, so, you know, so I had this fitness business and I was trying to be an actor and who knew that all the things that I was doing as an actor was going to help me be this guy. All right. And so, and, and not everybody gets that. I mean, the truth is not everybody gets to live their purpose, but a lot more people could be mm-hmm. if they were willing to, you know, find out what they love, turn it into a hobby. You know what I mean? I mean, your hobby, the thing, you know, whatever it is, I mean, can you make a living coin collecting? I, I don't know, probably not, but, um, I'm sure somebody on YouTube can, can find a way to monetize it now. I, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can have a you can have a job and make money, but you can still pursue your purpose in another way because mm-hmm. it gives you tremendous satisfaction. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a thing that's going to help you provide money, but it could be something on the side where you earn some extra income. You know, a lot of especially with the internet. You know, like what you do for a living. I mean, I don't, is this solely what you do, Julian? Is this is this no? This I, I I coach and advise, and then I also write for magazines. So right. So you're I, an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur, and so sometimes you're doing ten things because mm-hmm. you love you have like all these different interests. All right. And so that's a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, like with me, I had 
I mean, I was a carpenter and I was a handyman and I was a waiter and I, and I had, you know, I was a go-go dancer at Chippendale. It's a long story. I'm not going to tell it here, but you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Next so time. I had all, I, I was just looking, I was I needed money because I had rent and I needed food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I wanted to go places once in a while. And then this, this, and I read Keith Ellis's book and, you know, the two things that came up were movie star and own my own gym. But they can't like, you know, you'd go through these lists. Like, what do you want? Like write, write down 20 things that you would love to be if it was handed to you, just handed to you, like whatever you wanted, you know what I mean? And then 20 things if you're willing to work for it. And these two lists, there was a lot of crossover, but you would pit one against the other all the way down. And you do that lesson over and over and over again, movie star on my own gym. And so now I'm kind of this weird combination. I don't own my own bricks and mortar gym, but you know, I, I, I was able, I've been able to be extraordinarily entertaining while doing, you know, uh, the job that I love. So, um, Go get Keith Ellis's book, The Magic Lamp. I'll tell you, help, help a lot of people make that shift. I'm going to get that right after we get done talking. But, um, you know, when it, you know that, that's a very good point, that skills from your acting, and you brought it over to the fitness world. And that's what made you unique and much different from everyone else. And so that's why I usually tell, like, other entrepreneurs who are just at the very beginning of their journey that everything you've done in your past, no matter what job, there's something in there that you can take to your current endeavor and that's what makes you unique. And that's what's going to help you stand out in a crowded field. I mean, we're in fitness right now. Fitness is crowded. But yeah. when our personality shines through, that's how we're distinctively different. Like there's no Tony. There's only one Tony. And there's only one Julian. Well, you know, it's funny, dude. Here's something about this business. So I'm, I, I have these Paragon events at my house. And um, I have three a year. I just had one. Uh, we had to reduce the number. Um, obviously because of social distancing and masks and everything mm -hmm. else cut in half. And so people come here to the house to learn a lot of, I mean, everything. We have great tutorials, great skull sessions, great seminars, you know, great classes. There's an obstacle course, a ninja course, martial arts. I mean, people get in, immersed in, in health and wellness. You know, we had Brendan Brazier, the creator of Vega here. Um, you know, uh, we had, we had, uh, uh, gosh, who am I thinking? Um, John Rady, who wrote the book Spark, was here with the last one. So it's a great we try to get the well. top folks and learn a lot. But the next course that I want to do is, I'm just calling it the course. And it was for people in our industry who mm -hmm. are trying to make a greater connection to expand their business. You know what I mean? And so, like, here are the things. Here are the things that I think that people need to really rise above. Authentic. you got to be authentic. you got to be bold. Funny would be helpful if you can be articulate. Camera ready, Right innovative, creative, patient, motivating, encouraging, well-groomed. You can't be, you know, you got to be sharp. You got to look sharp. You know what I'm saying? Uh, knowledgeable in, in all categories of fitness, not just Pilates, not just yoga. I mean, like get, get them covered. You got to be inspiring. Got to be stylish. You got to dress nice. You know what I mean? Um, you have to have a great personal story. Like that's really the foundation of who you are. And you got to be super fit. Like these people on camera that are talking about it, like they're overweight, like, sorry, I'm, you're not going to, I'm not going to gravitate to you. You got to have a piece of vocabulary and you got to be relatable. And that's only a start of my list. Right. So, um, you know, and I'm reading, I'm reading, I don't know if you've seen this, um, Russell Brunson's book, you know, this expert. Yeah. Seat. Expert secrets. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of um, entrepreneurs know that. Yeah. Not, right. I mean, the first chapter is about charisma. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you could, you could have 15 PhDs and you can have all the knowledge of the world, but if it's coming out like, sawdust forget it man people are gonna go you know what i mean i mean don miguel ruiz's book the four agreements awesome but when i saw him in person i was like oh geez, i can't <laughs> he's not he's not you know all right here are the four agreements the, you know here they are number one i'm telling you it's gonna change your life you know what i mean like tony robbins he comes out on a wire he's beating his chest he's half naked i don't know what he's high on something you yeah, know, I don't know. Boy, I need he, that. Can, he can fill a stadium. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it really depends on, you know, what kind of, you know, I want to attract this small group. I want to, I want to affect the world and, and everybody's different. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. And so speaking of entrepreneurs and, you know, you had success with P90X, trained many celebrities and now you, power life. So what keeps you going to just create new ventures, new companies? And um, what made you start that? Well, you know, uh, you know, I got super sick, right? And so mm -hmm. this was part of the part of the plan here to sort of, you know, work with the right group of people. A lot of it was serendipity, you know, just kismet, just just being in the right place at the right time, talking to the right people. And my twenty year journey with Beachbody had come to a close 
uh, which was a very scary time for me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, you get this wave and you think you're going to ride that thing forever. But, you know, they had they wanted to go in one direction and I wanted to go in the other. And then there was, you know, some of this that was a big issue yeah. um, that we come to an agreement with after 20 years, which is a little bizarre. You know, no, no harm, no foul. I mean, I still love and respect the organization. There's no ill will. Um, it's just that, you know, things change. And fortunately, when that happened, I mean, there's been a year and a half gap of income that kind of went away. But I mean, whatever. I, I, you know, I have some money stashed away. And, I, and so, you know, I started meeting and talking with people. When people found out that I was free, the, the, the phone rang off the hook. You know what I mean? And so I, I met with a lot of different people. And I met with this company called Golden Hippo. And they just got me. And, that, and they said, what do you think you need based on your recovery from Ramsey Hunt, vestibular hypofunction? And they did a ton of research, you know what I mean? And I did a ton of research. And so we looked at, you know, well, what happened to me was a form of sarcopenia, which is an age-related muscle loss, right? So I had a very accelerated, accelerated version based on movement, based on lack of food, mm-hmm. based on being sick as hell. But then the average person who's coming out of surgery has that issue. People who, you know, who are getting into their 40s, 50s, and 60s who are not exercising at all can't figure out why, you know, getting upstairs is hard or carrying their luggage is hard or or it's simple little tasks are hard, you, you know what I mean? And that's just because, you know, the human body doesn't regenerate new cells as you get older and they just start to deteriorate. So, you know, I talked with their chemists and their scientists and we said, let's, you know, let's put what, what we got the BCAAs, we got the chromium, the vitamin D, maybe some HMB, but let's create a formula that doesn't really exist. And then there was a lot of research done on it. And then I started taking it and Oh my God. I mean, it just was really amazing. So, you know, we have uh, two plant-based formulas, one's chocolate, one vanilla, one, one way, which is that these are, these are Irish cows that come all the way from Ireland that hang out in an, in an organic fields. You know, that's my Irish. It's not good. <laughs> I think I went Scottish there for a second. Um, but, um, you know what I mean? So I just said, what's really cool was I had so much say. I had, I had say in the font. I had say in the colors. I had say in the name. It was originally going to be called um, Beyond You, which was like, I don't know what that means. And I yeah. said, you know, how about power life? I want to have a powerful life. Mm-hmm. And this, these, these micros are part of that. And they were like, cool. You know what I mean? It was really nice to have say again. And so, um, you know, that's, we have two, two plant, two way. We have something called endurance formula, which is as a runner, dude, you would just eat that up. Um, uh, you know, there's this anti-inflammatory material that comes out of Hawaii. It's the only source. And we had to work with that work really hard to find, man. It's like the only place in the world. And that's in the endurance formula. Um, um, and then there's a foundation four with prebiotics, probiotics, uh, sun fiber, and, you know, several servings of vegetables. It's really I'm like, can you guys do all this? Can you stick this in a jar and make it all you know, <laughs> taste good? And you know, it took a year. It took more than a year. You know what I mean? And then now we have, we have five more products in the quiver ready to come out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and in the first three weeks it sold out. I mean, they made 5,000 units of each. Like, okay, we, how many do you usually make the first time? Like we have 5,000 because we don't want to have a bunch in the warehouse that go bad. And so gone because my fan base wa- watches me, sees me, follows me, knows what I went through, knows about the Ramsey hunt thing. And I just told my story. man. We didn't have to make anything up. And people are like, holy crap, man. I'll take, you know, they're buying six at a time. <laughs> you know, that's why it sold out. Mm-hmm. And so now everything's back in the warehouse again. And uh, it's super exciting, man. It's, it's just, you know, it's really, I pinch myself like, oh my God, that's my name and my picture on the cover of these supplements that I help co-create. You know what I mean? Like, wow, it's really, it's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, you're looking good in the picture. I saw you throwing some, throwing some, throwing some jabs, some crosses uh, on the website and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, I, I take away, you know, that's also, there's a lot of lessons, you know, just if, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, even me, I consider myself, I'm at the adolescent stage, you know, I'm, I'm still a few, I'm just a few years in and at your age, your age I wasn't even, I might've started training a couple of celebrities. That mm-hmm. I didn't have to be a go-go dancer at Chippendales anymore. Yeah. Man, that's part two. That's the part two conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into well, you're that. Gonna have, you're gonna have to do that at some point so you can really make it fit. That's yeah. part, of, part of your journey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, man, that you know, that's a lesson that authenticity pays out and consistency and consistently showing up for your fan base and delivering value. And then this happens, you know, when you when you start a new venture, they're waiting for it. Yeah, that's yeah. Apparently, lesson. apparently, uh, insoles at-home food delivery service and mouth guards didn't work or, and watches. I had to, I mean, dude, these are all part of my, you need a watch. Really? Okay. Whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, whatever. I, I, I was working with some friends and we were all, you know, ambitious, having tons of meetings and not everything works out. It's just, that, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't mean yeah. you don't keep trying. You know, I mean, the lawyer's fees get to add up a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but uh, you know, gulp. Um, but whatever, man, you know, you fall down, you get back up and you hopefully learn a lesson or two along the way. So you don't make those mistakes two and three and four times. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap this up and we're now we're going to do a few rapid fire questions. Okay, All right. I'll try to be brief and succinct. All right. All right. All right. So orange, I saw <laughs> um, underwear. What's the next question? Um, so I saw, a, I saw a random tweet that you, you were playing one of my favorite bands is earth, wind and fire. I'm an old soul. Oh dude. And you were dancing a little bit and you had a salmon ladder. You know, if this, if we didn't have social distancing, I was going to say, I'm going to fly out to interview you just so I can use the salmon ladder. Let's get get your yeah. butt out here. <laughs> get going. But uh, but yeah, what is your musical starting five, all time? Songs or bands? Bands. Let's do bands. Artists. They can be solo or they can be bands. Zeppelin. Okay, love it. I listen to Cashmere when I start running. Uh, five. God, five. I know it's tough, right? I gotta go Zeppelin, Beatles. Cause, okay. You know what I mean. Um. Uh. Um. Sly, Sly and the Family Stone, dude. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, the police, the police in the 80s. I mean, I, I can, uh, you know, Atlantis Moore, Regatta de Blancs, and Yada Mandata, Ghost of the Machine, Synchronicity. Like, those are five albums. I've heard every song a thousand times. And to finish, um, Lizzo. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to cancel this. I was going to cancel this if that was serious. <laughs> Justin, Justin Bieber. No. Um, uh, number five. I love I love cream, you know, when, when Clapton was ah, okay. 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 So I, mean, I, I used to when I when I was a super shy kid, I would go to my friend Patrick Moody's house, hang out with his sister, and we would play we would play Sly and the Family Stone for hours and pop you know, practice popping and locking and doing a wall and so that's where you got the moves from. So that's 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 where you that's where you got the moves from. I, I see mean, you dancing I, all the time. Speech thing. I was still super shy. I mean, I hadn't kissed a girl yet in high school, dude. I mean, what the heck? Is wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? And going to a dance was like, you know, was like running a marathon backwards on my hands. It was so scary. But then I would practice and I would go there and I would do these little dance routines, mostly by myself. You know what I mean? So I got a reputation for being, being that guy. I like it. Okay. All right. So the next thing here is we're going to pretend you're at a round table. I'm not, are you a wine drinker? No, I don't drink. Okay. All right. So we have coffee or tea. Tea. Or just or, okay, tea. So I'll, we have, I'll have some green tea. Thank you. All right. We, so we have some green tea. We have a cup of, we have a bottle of green tea for everyone. And there's three people there that can join you, dead or alive. Who would they be? And this excludes family. Mm. Mm. Wow. Jeez. That's a, wow. You, speed round. Here I am just sitting here. <laughs> um, damn. Can I take a second here? Yeah, we got all the time in the world. It's one of my favorite songs also. You can edit out the humming and hawing here. Um, I'm totally lazy. I don't really edit that much. I I like to just roll Mm -hmm. with it. Uh, You know, off the top of my head, JFK. Okay. Talk to JFK. See if he really did hook up with Marilyn Monroe or not. I have to know about that. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did too. Yeah, I'm 90% Um, sure. This is a great question. I wasn't ready for this question. Uh, can't be family yeah yeah i like to talk to my dad again but i can't <laughs> apologize a few thousand times um but uh i'm always thinking presidents you know the people who affected the world so much gandhi would be a nice conversation I'd like to talk, chat with him um Attila hunt no um <laughs> just to see why were you such a son of a bitch um uh, oh gosh uh, I, probably FDR. FDR, okay. okay. FDR. Yeah, because, you know, if it wasn't for FDR, we'd all be speaking German. You know what I'm saying at this point? And that guy, three terms, you know what I mean? A guy who had, who had polio, who just, I mean, amazing, amazing. Uh, but I, there's probably a dozen others that I just can't think of right now. Yeah, okay. And the last question here is, someone comes up to you, um, social distancing's done now, so they're coming up to you freely. 
and right. they tap you on the I shoulder. I can shake their hand. I can hug them. I you can say, shake their hand and say, hey, hey Tony, I really appreciate oh. your work, but I have a quick question for you, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what are three things I can do today to start becoming a superhuman entrepreneur who has optimal health? Wow. Um, this is Get your diet and fitness in order. Make it the foundation of who you are. It has to be. It has to be. If that's just sort of an ancillary thing that's sort of not really part of it, if you're in this industry, you got to be super fit, you got to eat super clean, and you have to walk the walk, period. Uh, number two is surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people. And, and that's going to be, uh, and this is surround yourself with the right people. And you got to begin to sort of get rid of the people that aren't, aren't, aren't that are just pulling you down. If you got anchors in your life, you got to get rid of them and you got to do it politely and kindly and slowly and, and do it the right way, right? So, so get the right folks, get rid of the, the bad ones. And last but not least, don't be attached to the outcome and keep on fighting the good fight. You know what I mean? Um, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like, so if, it, if, it, if, you think, if you're thinking it's all about the cars and the house and the money and the, and the, and the notoriety and the fame and the fortune, that's, that's, none of that's important. Be, you know, be present, be in the moment. Don't be attached to the outcome. Um, um, and if it ain't fun, then you got to do something else. I love it. I love it. And that is a perfect way to end this. Tony, thank you so much. Julian, joining me here. Nice questions. You put me on the spot, but I liked it. (laughs) Sam and ladder soon. Yeah. All right. You, 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 you know how to get a hold of me, man. Yeah. You can drive, walk, trains, planes, automobiles, get you here. You'll love that thing. Yeah. And we have a crash pad, so, you know. Awesome. I'll be there. Ever since I, sh- I watched the show, I think it was Arrow, Stephen Amell was doing the little uh, salmon ladder. And uh, so I was like, I got to do that. Got to do it. And there's a whole ninja course attached to it. So there'll be more. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I got, a, I got a ninja course in the backyard. I got two pegboards at my property. I got 17-foot rope. I got, I got parallel bars, high bars, rings. I got it all over here. Awesome. I'm going to be prepping for it. And so, everyone, stay awesome and continue to be limitless. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I hope this conversation has made you at least 1% better. I hope this conversation has given you a tool, a tactic, or something that has helped shape your paradigm into becoming your most limitless self. And with that said, Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you dig the podcast, go ahead and rate and review it. But five stars, of course. And if you don't dig it, well, just pretend I didn't say anything. Or just give me another shot. Because maybe, just maybe, I'm an acquired taste. And so until next time, my friend, stay awesome and be limitless. And enjoy the rest of the song. Peace. Peace.